A successful retirement plan begins with assembling the right set of tools. Finding the proper ones for the job will allow you to drill down on your goals and nail down your future. Scott Searles, certified wealth strategist and owner of Skybox Financial Group, constructs retirement plans for clients every day and will share that knowledge and insight with you. It's time to open the retirement toolbox and get to work. This is the Retirement Toolbox. Walter Storholt alongside Scott Searles, financial advisor, president of Skybox Financial Group. Great to have you with us today. We've got a great show on tap. Uh, to end today's show, we're going to have a question from Holly, who's got uh, kind of some concerns or some questions about looking at what happened to her neighbor retiring a couple of years ago and now looking forward to what's going to happen in her retirement. So that should be a fun conversation to kind of look at some comparisons that she's making and trying to draw some conclusions from. We're also going to get to know Scott a little bit better today by finding out what makes him tick in the financial world. So this will be kind of a nice introspective show, introduce you a little bit more behind why Scott became a financial advisor, what are some of the philosophies that he leans on the most, influences, and I think you're going to learn just a lot about finances and the financial industry in a way that could be very helpful through today's Mm. conversation. So stay tuned for all of that. Scott, good to be with you today, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well, Walter. How about yourself? Yeah, doing good. Hanging in there. Really full from all the fast food I ate after we recorded last uh, the last episode, you know. <laughs> I was good, Walter. I was good. You did. You didn't you didn't yes. break your your healthy eating. You had that turkey sandwich? I I did. That's good. That's good. good yeah. You must be planning one more trip down to Bradenton and uh going to be getting in the beach bod ready for uh for for one more trip this summer. Well, you know, I, I turned 50 this year, and, and uh, I told my wife I am trying to actually get in the best shape of my life. That's, right. my, that's, my, that's my goal. That's good. Yes. Uh, great, great goal to have. And uh, so healthy eating, doing exercise. What's your preferred exercise at this point? So you know what? I've got uh, kind of a, a gym in my basement. It, it seems every, every time I have a gym membership, I never go, right? Because mm-hmm. it's too hard, right? So over the years, we've accumulated stuff in the basement. So I use a lot of, you know, dumbbells and bands and stuff. And, you know, I was, when I was younger, I, I really enjoyed lifting. And, and so, you know, that's, that's what I enjoy doing is doing the weightlifting aspect of everything. Nice. What's your best, uh, best weightlift move? Like, are you a chest press guy or squats or deadlifts? You know, I do, I do like the, uh, I was never a big squat guy. I'm always afraid of messing up my knee. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but, uh, no, I do like the uh, just dumbbell chest presses. Yeah. I've always enjoyed that. Those, those are my favorites, too. Always yeah. good to see what you can challenge yourself with and makes you feel strong and powerful doing those. That's right. Plus, you know, the stronger you get, you know, the more push-ups you can do. That's right. There you go. I was in the gym the other day. My, 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 pu- my push-up and my uh, chest press game is pretty strong right now. Right. But uh, they, they had us do back-to-back exercises of the chest press and mm-hmm. then like a, a, a reverse fly, like where you're, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you kind of have to like lift your arms outward like a butterfly, I guess, yep. kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, and kind of hinged over. And, you know, those are two very different muscles to right. work out. And so you go from, you know, raw pounding some chest presses and uh, then all of a sudden you have to do this little reverse fly and I'm like using 10s and 12s and I'm like, can barely get it up there. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's your shoulders that you're trying to do. You're, you're doing my shoulders are nowhere near as strong as my, uh, <laughs> as, as, as the chest area. So it was just like very humbling to go from where you feel like 
you know, big muscle man, Superman with the chest presses to, you know, being humbled very quickly with little 10 pound weights. You had to, <laughs> you had to go in the women's section and pitch, pick your weights out. That's right. That's right. I was like, oh man, uh, okay. Are they using eights? I can at least go to a 10, you know, um, it, it was, it's humbling and in a good way. So I think that coaches do that on purpose when they set those back to back like that. The weights are all coated in pink rubber. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. The pink weights. Yeah, exactly. I think my mom had a few of those growing up. Um, all right. So anyway, we'll, uh, we'll move on with today's show and stop. Now, now we're sore. We got hungry last show. Now I'm sore from thinking about all the working out on today's right. show, but we've at least turned it into a healthier direction than talking about fast food on Absolutely. the last episode. All right. So let's uh, find out a little bit more about what makes you tick in the financial world. Scott, I want to peel back the curtain a little bit, learn more about you. I know that we have that little getting to know you section of each mm-hmm. show where we talk about the goofy and fun stuff, and we'll still do that on today's show as well. But really, let's focus on what makes you tick and get to know you as a financial advisor. So let, let's go back several years. Who were the influential people in your life uh, when you were kind of young and, and they helped shape maybe the way that you view money and wealth? Any good lessons you can share with us that maybe those folks taught you? Well, you know, I, I think that the uh, probably the most influential people in, in my life when it comes to money, probably like a lot of people, were my parents. Just a, I was a, well, I am still a single child. And, uh, you know, I, maybe I, I was, you know, spoiled a little bit being a single child, I think. But uh, at the same time, you know, my parents taught me a lot of, of good things about money as far as saving and budgeting and spending. And I always respected money. I have always had that ethic where, you know, you have to be a hard worker. You know, my my parents always taught me that you know nothing's for free. The only thing that you that you you're gonna get is you're gonna get through hard work. So I've always had that mentality that you earn everything that you have and you work hard for it, and eventually it pays off for you. And uh, so you know, I, I think my parents were certainly the most influential people in my life as far as, uh, you know, money. And I've, I've seen too, as they've gotten older, they're, they're still alive. They're in their seventies that, you know, I've seen what their struggles are too. And, you know, that's a good thing that allows me to be, be able to relate to my clients and, you know, bring that you know, kind of that first person experience. I've seen these things firsthand and I know how retirement can be tough sometimes, you know, whether you've got medical issues or you're you're looking at the budgeting and having enough money, so you know I, they they continue to teach me to this day lessons of, about money. Nice to hear, and uh, and and probably fun for you to look back on some of that stuff as well from time to time and see how it reflects and and resonates with you still today. Mm-hmm. But how did it turn from those influences into an actual career in the financial business? So when I was in high school. You know, I was always fascinated by the stock market. I didn't necessarily start out wanting to be a financial advisor. I was just interested in the stock market. So I went into my high school, you know, counselor and, you know, they're like, what are you going to do with your life? And I said, well, you know, I, I really like this stock market thing. So they're like, okay, great. You know, you have to major in finance then in college. So I went off to Kent State University, majored in finance. You know, got my bachelor's degree. And so it was kind of something I always was fascinated in. And then there was kind of an evolution, too, that, that I encountered. And that initially, like I said, I, I was the stock market. I, I interned at Merrill Lynch when I was in college. And as soon as I got out of college, I went right into the industry. 
Merrill Lynch wouldn't hire me right away because right out of college it was, uh, you know, they they don't like to hire people because, you know, back in the day then it was kind of like, you know, how who do you know with money to kind of get you started kind of thing. And, you know, I didn't really know anybody with money and parents weren't wealthy or anything like that. So I started off in another firm and I went back to Merrill Lynch and, you know, got fired because I didn't meet their sales goals. Back then you had to have sales goals. And so I got fired from there. But one thing is I started to, to work with different firms is I started to see that, okay, so, you know, I like the stocks, the trading, the investment portion, but there's so much more and so much more value I can bring to people by helping them plan and helping them, you know, do the other aspects that go with investing. And that's where I kind of made the turn in the business where I said, okay, you know, there's more to it than simply just investing people's money. You know, how much money are they going to need? You know, what about the effects of taxes? You know, so once I kind of figured out that there was a lot more value, I started to switch to, to that aspect of the business and do more of the planning aspect and eventually, you know, starting my own firm and, and just solely doing planning for people as the first step, because I think that's truly the most important thing we need to do first. It's kind of like taking a trip. You, 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 uh, you don't go drive across country without having a GPS or a map. You'll never get there. So what I like to do is start with that GPS or map. That's a great point, Scott, and uh, love hearing about how you got into the business in the first place. And um, it gets me thinking about now, we talked about your influences in the past, but what about people in the financial industry now who have been good influences on you and, and what you've learned from them? Well, you know what? It's uh, There's been a, a bunch of different people, but I was with a firm for nine years, and uh, the guy that owned the firm, he was about my age. You know, I kind of... Uh, I learned a lot of stuff from him, and at that firm, too, there was a lot of other people that I learned some stuff with, but I think that when you look at, at, at this business that I have now, there's a couple different aspects of it, and you know, you've got the investments, and you've got the, you know, the planning aspect of it, which you know, experience is the, is the best for that, right? I mean, when you, you go to college, and you know, I got a degree in finance, but honestly, I didn't really use much of that when I got out, right? It's all book learning stuff. But, you know, experience and learning from other people on how you do these things, you know, different strategies that work. And I've been doing this now for 28 years. And over that time period, I've, you know, had trial and error and, and seen what things work and what things don't work. But, you know, that stuff I was always very good at, very good at math, very good at the planning aspect of it and, and everything like that. But sometimes now owning my own business that, you know, there's much more involved with it. And, you know, obviously planning is first and foremost, but running a business, there's a lot of things to know and, and marketing and stuff like that, which is, uh, you know, something I've learned throughout the years. And I, I think that, uh, you know, I've joined a mastermind group of other like-minded advisors, and I've got a lot of good knowledge out of there as far as running a business and, and developing systems and, and doing a lot of the things that are behind the scenes that my clients don't see, but make my clients have a better experience here at the firm, which is always first and foremost. So, you know, different people have influenced me with different, you know, aspects of being a financial advisor. 
Great to hear about some of those experiences as well. What are, you know, every business, every industry maybe has uh, some things that frustrate you about it, whether it be something just about the nature of the of your own business or if it's just a, a larger industry concern or something that, you know, if you, if you could just wave the magic wand and fix some sort of frustration that you have with the industry, or maybe it's the way most people plan for retirement or in their financial plan. If you could just like fix that one major misconception or problem, what would be what would be it? Or a couple of them, if you've got a list. <laughs> you know, Walter. Yeah, I mean, there are a few things, but I think the number one thing that I would you know love to wave a magic wand would be uh, having people start saving earlier majority of people I have come in the office, they didn't start saving till later in their lives, whether it's, you know, because they're sending kids to college or whatever the case may be. And those frustrations is when I get people come into my office and I start running the numbers and, you know, they're not where they need to be. And it's simply because they didn't start saving earlier enough. We all know about the power of compounding and that you can, you know, the longer that something's invested, the more time it has to grow, you know, the more that money works for you as opposed to you working for that money. So if that'd be the one thing, I mean, I've got a bunch of industry things, you know, that, that I would love to change so that we can do better jobs for our clients. But I think that that biggest thing is simply just, you know, saving earlier more. Yeah, save early, save more. That would definitely help you just avoid or anybody avoid lots of problems and issues if we can rectify just that one thing. That's a great point. That'll that'll trickle down and fix lots of other problems if that one thing gets fixed. Fantastic. Uh, last but not least, let's end on a nice positive note in this discussion. What's the most gratifying thing about your job as a financial advisor? Well, you know what? I mean, the most gratifying thing, and it may seem kind of cheesy or canned or, or whatever, but it's actually true, is I truly do love helping people. And I, and I love teaching people. Uh, when, I, when I teach college classes or, or whatever I, I'm doing, I love the teaching aspect. And then, but when I work with somebody and they come in and they're lost, they're not quite sure which direction they need to go. And then I develop a plan for them. I get them set on course. And at the end of going through my process, they thank me, you know, send me a, you know, a thank you card or something like that. That's why I do this. I love it. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of other things I love about the job. I'm able to make a pretty decent living. I'm able to uh, make my own hours even though those make my own hours end up being a lot more hours than most people work. But, you know, there's a lot, a lot of really gratifying things, but I think the number one thing is simply just helping people. I enjoy, I enjoy the feeling when I'm done working with somebody and walk them through my process and they have that knowledge, they feel comfortable in their life. I relieve their anxiety. I allow them to sleep better at night. And I've I've always kind of equated, you know, what we're doing is probably one of the, you know, top couple, you know, professionals that someone works with in their lives. Um, you know, doctor obviously being very important. Your health is number one, but your financial health for a lot of people is number two. So I take that very seriously. And, uh, you know, to be able to help somebody and steer them in the right direction gives me a lot of satisfaction. 
I'm sure you don't even need the thank you notes and those kinds of things to know the impact that you and uh, the planning process that you've created has on folks. You know after you've put the plan together and start implementing it for somebody just the kind of difference that it's going to make going forward. And uh, the rest of it's probably just icing on the cake for you, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's just great to hear. Well, there you go. A little bit more about Scott, how he got into the business, uh, influences, and uh, some of the things that make him tick. And if you've been looking for a financial advisor to work with and haven't worked with Scott before, I invite you to come in for a complimentary review and get a free consultation of what's going on in your financial plan. Get customized approach to improving that situation and making sure that you're well prepared for retirement so you can eliminate worry and concern from the equation. Uh, If you want to get more confident in your finances, give Scott a call at 888-742-0111 or go online to talktoscott.com. That's talktoscott.com and you can schedule a free consult right from your smartphone or computer. Talktoscott.com and we'll put all the contact info in the description of today's show so it's easy for you to find. More coming up on the podcast today. In fact, next, it's time to get to know Scott a little bit better, but a little bit more on the fun side of things. It's getting to know you time. All right, my question this week, Scott, is a pretty goofy one. This is one that I remember discussing with people on the bus back in like elementary school or middle school or something (laughs) like that. All right, so you can choose one of the following, but you can only do it for an hour. All right, so you get one hour to do one of the of the next four things. Okay. You can you can fly, like not on an airplane, but just yourself. You can go flying around, mm-hmm. like Superman. Like Superman, you can be invisible for one hour. You can be invincible, so you just you just know that you won't die no matter what you do for the next hour. Mm-hmm. Or you can walk on the moon for an hour. Which one do you choose? Boy, that's tough. So fly, you know, even though I think that'd be super cool to be able to do, I think the height thing would freak me out too much. I mean, mm. I, would, I would fly like 15 feet above the ground. You would, need, you would need to fly and be invincible if you were going to choose fly so that you could conquer the fear of, uh, of the heights part, right? I still don't even know if I'd be able to get over <laughs> it then. Well, you know, invincible, you know, I, I think that I don't know if I would do anything dangerous enough that I'd be afraid to die in one hour. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Walk on the moon would be super cool, but I think uh, I would have to go with invisible. I always, you know, if you were invisible for an hour, you could go in the White House, find out what's really going on. You you could kind of be that fly a- on the wall. How many a- times? Area, you, fi- area 51. <laughs> exactly. In an hour, I, I would have to, I would almost have to fly and be invisible to do everything I'd want to do in just right. one hour. Right. But you could find out all the secrets, things you always wondered about. How many times do you say, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in that room? Right. 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 So, you know, I think the ultimate superpower would be that for your whole life, you could just become invisible anytime you want. Yes. I think the question uh, would be interesting to change it and say, it now now this power is for life. Because I think that would eliminate walking on the moon. That wouldn't really be, you know, you wouldn't want to do that necessarily for life. It but might then it might be an in, interesting debate. And it might bring invincible back into the conversation, right? right? Yeah. Because, you know, then, you know, well, I don't know if I'd want to live forever. Because that you know that that'd be like the Highlander movie, right? Everybody you you love dies, and you're like you're still, still there, yeah. you know, four hundred years later. You're, you're a vampire at that point, I guess. Yeah, so. I mean, it's I don't know if that'd be that much fun. Yeah, um, yeah, I but, think it would be a tough call between like fly and invisible for life. Yes, yes, 
Because the invisible I could see getting old. Like, you know, once you've gone and discovered all those secrets. Because then you would just be using it for devious purposes at some point. Or, like, to just advance your knowledge of other people. Like, that would get sneaky and, like, probably wrong at some point. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> yeah. true, too. Because you'd, be you'd be tempted to start using it in personal life matters and those kinds of things. You'd become really good at sales. You'd be, you could go do, like, uh, car sales and then go listen in the other room to when the people are talking, all right, well, well what's our final limit? What are we going to go for? You know, right, right. You could do some recon. <laughs> you could do recon. But fly would never get old because you could always, oh, I'm in traffic? Cool. I'll just fly. Boom. Right over it. You could always use that forever. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You could, you could be like, oh, I'm heading down to Florida. You know, you're there in two hours. Yeah, there or, you go. Or, I don't know how fast you fly. but We haven't put a uh, limit on the flight speed, so you can fly as fast as you want. Okay. Well, you know, I think, uh, you know, that, that would be second best to having like a Star Trek teleporter thing. Right. That'd be pretty cool. But I'll add teleportation to the next question <laughs> next time we do this one. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you're invisible and sneak into the White House, just remember it expires after an hour. So you got to get back out within that hour or else you'll be in big trouble if all of a sudden you just appear in the in the West Wing, hanging out next to Joe Biden. You might I'm in the Oval Office, sitting service. in the chair next to him. <laughs> That's right. Oops, I lost track of time, and here's the Secret Service crumpling down on top of me. <laughs> yeah, that's like the uh, what, what, the Cinderella. You got to be, uh, be home by midnight. Or that's what, right. How, that's right. Yeah. Or whatever that – was that Cinderella? Something like that. Or was that – yeah, something, something, about, something happens at midnight or – Something that – I don't remember my Disney movies. Turns into a pumpkin or something. Isn't that what it is? Yeah, something like something that. Something like that, yeah. Whatever, yeah. One of those Disney things. Uh, well, there you go. Getting to know Scott Searles a little bit better on the show today. And uh, now we'll get to know you with a really good question from Holly. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. If you'd like to submit a question to be featured on the show, you can do that at skyboxfinancialgroup.com. Put mailbag in the subject line of uh, your email or filling out the contact form, and we might feature it on a future show. Holly says, my neighbor retired two years ago and has decided that he needs to go back to work because ooh, money is too tight. I just retired last month, and I think we're fine, but now I'm a little worried the same thing might happen to me. How can I make sure I don't have to go back to work? Well, Holly, that's a very good question. It's a very common question that I get a lot too. And, uh, you know, I always seem like I sound like a broken record, but simply just preparing that plan ahead of time, you're going to know. One of the, the common mistakes that maybe your neighbor failed to account for in retirement are taxes and inflation. Now in two years, the last two years, we haven't had much inflation. So, but over the longer term, uh, you know, 20, 30 years in retirement, the cost of everything is going to go up dramatically. So you need to make sure you grow your money and you account for that in your income streams later on down the road. And then also, you know, taxes. I talk about it a lot on this podcast. I'm a firm believer. I think tax rates are going up in the future for a bunch of different reasons. And, um, you know, if you're taking money out of an IRA, you're going to have to pay taxes on that money. And if the government decides they're going to take a bigger chunk of your paycheck, they're going to. You know, so those are things that you need to plan for. And, you know, back, I remember in uh, 2008 when the market corrected, you know, there was a lot of people that maybe weren't prepared for that market drop and had retired and ended up going back to work so they wouldn't have to take so much out of their portfolio when things were lower. 
if those people had simply just had an investment strategy in place that reduced their volatility, protected them from the downside, then when those types of things happen, it wouldn't have had that much effect on them. So I think, Holly, if you just simply you know, work with somebody, create a plan, take those different aspects into account, then that's going to give you the comfort to make sure that you won't have to go back to work. There you go. It all comes back to planning, always will, when we talk about retirement and financial planning and making sure that you're comfortable with your plan and uh, how things will shake out, not only this year, but in the many, many years to come. And Holly, that sounds like all you really need here is just a solid plan that gives you that peace of mind that you can indeed not have to go back to work and make it through retirement with what you've got. If you want to go through that free consultation with Scott Searles, it's it's pretty painless. Uh, he can walk you through a little bit about what that will look like when you come in uh, for that free consultation. After you book, he'll set you up with all the expectations that you need to know. It's a pretty easy process, but it does just take a little bit of time, a little bit of effort on your part to book it, set it up, and start the conversation. So if you want to reach out, do that right now. Go to talktoscott.com. That's talktoscott.com. Or call 888-742-0111 to get in touch and uh, have that conversation about your financial and retirement plan. Scott, thanks for the help this week. Really enjoyed the conversation with you, and we will look forward to doing it again next time. Yeah, every two weeks. I can't wait. All right. Well, uh, I'll see if I can make that invisible thing for an hour happen for you, okay? All right. Th- I'll, you I'll, work on I'll that. put in a few calls. Thank you. <laughs> Chat with everybody next time. Thanks for joining us here on the Retirement Toolbox. Go Tribe. Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.